Welcome to this episode of A Pastor and Rabbi Walk Into a Bar. I'm Sean Hennessy, pastor of Life Church in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And with me, as always, is my partner in crime. <laughs> Not Rabbi. crime. We don't do crime. <laughs> Rabbi Matt Rose. Thank you for that. That was great. I feel like this song, like the final countdown from Europe should have been on. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand on your feet. Starting at center. Number seven. I can't be center. Starting at very small forward. I love that. Okay, let's get to our bro, did you know? Bro, bro, did you I feel like we need to come up with a better Bro, song. Do you know why barns are painted red? No, I don't. So back in the day, they used uh, sealers and other building materials they had to kind of figure out. So farmers had to be resourceful in finding or making a paint that would protect and seal the wood on their barns. Uh-huh. So they used... A linseed oil, which is an orange-colored oil derived from the seeds of the flax plant. And to this oil, they would add a variety of things like milk, lime, furious oxide, or rust. And rust was plentiful on farms. That's a stereotype, I feel like. And uh, because it killed fungi and moss and might have grown on the barns. So it turned into an effective sealant. And all of that together, long time ago, made the barns red. So now people paint them red just because that's what you do. Huh. Like they use, actually use a red paint, which is not yeah. what they did. Well, I didn't before. think they were still mixing flaxseed oil and rust. That would be together, dope if somebody was. Like, there's one guy out there who's like, I'm still using yeah, the flaxseed. He's got his orkin sprayer and he's going. That's right. Those, those are farmers going against tradition. You're supposed to use flax paint. Yeah. Well, that's a lesson in um, yeah. people doing things that they don't know why they're doing. Right? Holy cow. But it's also, you know, barns are, I mean, I'm not a farm person by any means. I'm a city guy. But in my mind, if you think of a barn. Yeah, Laura's a farm person. It's red. Oh, right? Like, yeah. 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 Their barn Minnesota. was red. Minnesota. Totally. Kind of Minnesota, kind of North Dakota. No, definitely she's, Minnesota. She's, she's, from, she's from that region where you can be in both if they want to go to the Minnesota, mall. It's definitely Minnesota, but you, yeah. If well, you went to, to the, the mall, mall you, you had to go to, to, to Fargo. To the West Acres Mall in Fargo, oh, North Dakota. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good old I, West Acres. Did you watch the that twi- movie, Fargo? The Twin Cities of Fargo oh, and Moorhead. Fargo, Moorhead, Minnesota. Yeah. Hey, hey, how, you, how you doing there? Which, you know, neither, neither one's much of a city, but. No. Fargo, though, they got good football in Fargo. Yeah. The North Dakota State University Bison. If right. But isn't it like division it's, thirteen? It's F no. It's <laughs> F C S. I don't know what that means. It's the Division One Double A. Listen, North Dakota State Division One Double A. There's one A. What's double A? Gosh, you're it's a battery? from New York. It's a battery. <laughs> North Dakota State has beaten a number of Division One powerhouses, including Iowa when Iowa was number. There's six Division One. A, 
Double A. One A. It used to be called One A Double A, but now it's called FBS, mm. as in football. It's too bowl. long of a pause after the F. Football Bowl Series and FCS Football Championship Series. So it's a whole other subculture. Yeah. North Dakota State they play uh, the pl- in the playoffs. yeah, and they win like every year yeah, in their. Anyway, Kitty, I didn't know Kitty that. Division. Red, red barns. Red, red barns. You make me feel so fine. That's fine. Red, Sorry. red barns. You make me feel so fine. <laughs> they keep me farming all of the time. Which transitions nicely into our conversation today, which is about demons. Red rum. Red rum. Did you see that movie? No. I used to be in all these horror movies. Red Bryce rum? Love. It's murder, murder backwards. Uh, see, and I don't really... I can't murder. really... It, from the backside of like the demon or whatever it was that was on the backside of the mirror would write murder, yeah. but you would see it red rum. It's a bro, it's That's a murder backwards. I can't remember what red movie, rum. I can't remember what movie that was. But I can't say spell backwards rum, that quickly. Red rum. Oh. I used to watch all those horror movies, man. I was into some horror. Yeah, I loved not Stephen anymore. King, bro. No, I can't do it because I not. Uh, well, if you want, if you want me to like really get into into that, yeah, The man. Shining. That was it. Red Rum with Jack Nicholson. Oh, that was yeah, the movie. There's Johnny. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I. Here's the Cliff's Notes version of it. Uh-huh. Uh, I was a you kid. You love those Cliff yeah. Notes. I was a kid, and uh, I wasn't a believer. Mm-hmm. And and I noticed off in the distance this like little uh, dark kind of shadowy figure that I would see periodically from time to time. It's, I, I would just kind of brush it off. But then as, as time went on, mm-hmm. that figure would get closer and and more frequent. Yeah. T- to the point months later where one night I woke up in my bed and at the foot of my bed was this floor to ceiling dark shadow figure and I was pinned to my bed. I mm. couldn't breathe. The whole room smelled like sulfur. And like I was literally Whoa. terrified, bro. And I was not asleep. I was awake. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents called a minister over to our house who came in with holy water and anointing oil. Whoa. And he prayed over the house and anointed my room with oil, like just was splashing oil all over the room and uh, and wanted to know what I had. Go- hey, boy, what have you gotten into? And I didn't know what I had gotten into. I mean, I knew I'd been watching horror movies and, and I had been reading these books, these Stephen King books. Mm-hmm. And and his theory, like he they came in to exercise my room, bro, mm-hmm. like to cast the demons out of my room that I had experienced a demonic presence. And I had been having nightmares about about the devil and the devil being in my house. And and he did. He came in and he and he he prayed over my room. He prayed over me. He told me that I had to get the books out the room. And I, I, I he took the books with him and threw them in the trash. And I never Stephen King books? Yeah. I didn't see that figure again. Hmm. So it apparently, according like to him, King. it had opened something up in me and the mm-hmm. horror to me i can't sure. do it it's i first of all i don't like to be scared years later i watched the movie the ring i was so scared man i watched that trash in the middle of the day lights on butcher knife by my side 
I thought old girl was going to come through my TV. I don't know what the butcher knife was going to do. I owned a gun at the time. I was like, why do I have a butcher knife? I got a gun. I didn't think that gu maybe guns don't work on demons. I don't know, but butcher knives must. Scared the mess out of me. Wow. That's intense. I know. I could, so I can't do the horror thing. It just, it just opens up something in me. I don't, I don't like to be scared. Yeah. I could go all spiritual out of fear. It's not a lot. I, I just, I don't like how it feels. I don't want to be scared. I spend enough of my life being scared. Yeah. I think that's, I think a lot of believers are confused about Satan and demons yeah. and how they interact with people. If they interact with people, I think a lot of people, I think most people have a similar, maybe not the pin to the bed and you actually see it, but yeah, everybody has the, you know, when you're a kid and you call your parents, I heard a voice, I saw a shadow. Yep. And um, and I found that more often than not, those are real. Mm -hmm. And we dismiss it as like, come on, you didn't see a shadow. That's yeah. ridiculous. Um, but I think the misunderstanding is the way demons operate is th really through two means. They either impress or they cause fear. Hmm. If they can impress you, then you do what they say, right? Because it's there's power, there's some yeah. kind of it's uh, uh, impressive. Fear also makes you do weird things. So people get real, you know, they start to blame specific things like Stephen King books yeah. or certain movies or Harry Potter or Doctor Strange or you know, whatever the thing is at the moment. And the problem is we all interact with those things differently. So the thing is not necessarily the problem to me. I mean, other than if you're actually reading like a, a satanic, yeah, like a straight up satanic book um, or the occult and yeah. you're doing incantations, um, which are real, Um but it's funny to think about what people think about demons is like, you know, we talk about the devil, right? What's the first thing you picture? Red, yep. scaly, horns, bifurcated tail, and a pitchfork. Whatever ACDC put on their album cover. Totally. The problem is there's no way Satan looks like that. Right. Because if you look evil, how do you deceive people? The scriptures describe Satan as an angel of light. The angel, one of two angels that sat above the throne of God mm. to glorify God in his throne. Yeah. Which I would argue that Satan, along with Michael and Gabriel, what we call archangels, yep. they are probably the most beautiful things in all of creation. But you don't think he lost that luster when he fell? No. No, because if something really bright and fantastic interacts with you and gets you to worship, you know, when you look at angels all through the Bible, when angels show up and somebody bows to worship them, an angel says, stand up, don't worship me. I'm just a messenger. Satan receives the worship. Hmm. And that's the difference is he wanted glory for himself. And so God cast him. And it's interesting because God never cast Satan to hell. He, he cast him to the earth. Yeah. 
to the oh, King James is to run to and fro across the earth. And he's not God, so he's only in one place at one time. Mm-hmm. So the idea that Satan himself would come and oppress me right. is a bit narcissistic. <laughs> because of all the people. He's kind of busy. Yeah. You know, not to judge any particular thing or role, but and not based on like party, but you know, he's probably I would think he'd hang with like the president of the United States hmm. or the president of Russia or China, North Korea. Like, I think he's going like all world stuff. But not Bill in Lincoln, Nebraska is what you're saying. Right. Or me right. or you, yeah. you know, he has, I mean, the scriptures say that he took a third of the angels. Yeah. Right. So demons are angels. Yeah, some swag. We call them fallen angels. But I think they still look like angels and interact like angels hmm. because it's more deceptive than if, you know, a freaky thing shows up to freak you out if they're trying to entice you to do something. What about the crowd of people who are drawn to that kind of like Yeah, well, that's easier. Kind yeah, of- and that's the – they're either trying to impress people or make people afraid. Yeah. And we have to be aware of what we are impressed by and – afraid of hmm. so so now you've just added a whole nother definition too because we talk about possessed oppressed yeah impressed yeah possession to me possession is not real possession is um i mean we know from the story of job and from several other places in scripture that demons only do what they have permission to do right so the idea that a demon can just jump in someone and take right. over their body like in The Exorcist yeah. or, you know, all the movies that portray that. Possession is not really real in the sense that people can't just be possessed instantly maybe and you not, had no choice. Maybe not forced possession. but I would call it a high level of oppression. So you don't think someone could invite that? No, they could, but that. it would have to be yeah. invited. Yeah. And it's levels of oppression that it, it's like a ladder. I was going to say, because Carmen wrote a whole song about it. Right. The witch's invitation. About, didn't he write <laughs> one where he shoots invitation. the devil? He's a cowboy, too. Yes, he and he shoots devil, the yeah. devil, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, he's, hey, Carmen died, I think. We should talk he did. about him. Because he's, he's dead? Have you heard of human or videos? Just, no. Oh, man. In the Assemblies of God, they have a whole thing called a human video, which is basically you take a song and you act it out. Yeah. Car- I was convinced that Carmen wrote his songs just for people to do human videos. Funny. I mean, I have been around people who I've I felt like this person, this person is possessed. I was in uh, I was in Brazil. But it's not the reason why possession is not a great word is because people think it can just happen instantly. Yeah, that makes oppression is by invitation, and we don't know. We're not fully aware. If okay, so if something is impressive or makes you afraid, there's decisions we make and invitations. Um, that we open ourselves up to for oppression. Okay. So like you being afraid of, it's not Stephen King's book is not the problem. It's the fear that you felt Mm -hmm. in reading it and the fear translated into a demonic presence showing up as a shadow because it knew it could freak you out because you were afraid of this other thing. 
Right, but I also think that whatever whatever spirit went into the creation of that is the same spirit that is going to come out in the delivery of that. So I think that like satanic music, for it example, could. right? Like yeah. you talk about like Led Zeppelin used to sit around and do seances before they sure. would record their music. Or you hear uh, people who talk about uh, uh, they sold their soul right. to the devil. And, right. And... I, I would say that there are people that come from environments that are way more open yeah. to that. Like yeah. you go to a lot of places in Central America. Like I went to Brazil totally. and and a guy literally, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it, Yeah, climbed the wall like Spider-Man. Yeah. Was obviously like Wacky. something yeah. spiritual was going on within him. I, I, another time I was at a church, a Church of God in Christ church. And... This guy stands up during the worship time and starts what they would call manifesting. Mm -hmm. Big dude, like Mm -hmm. 6'4", 250 pounds, muscular guy. And he like starts walking towards the stage like he's he's like going to do something. And so the ushers slash security like try to like stop this guy and the guy – legitimately picked a grown man up over his head and threw him over three rows right. of pews. And so like, guys are like trying to like jump on him and stop him and I couldn't stop him. And they're like praying and they're like casting the demons out. And yeah. the only thing that stopped him was when sister Shreve came up to the front row, took her shoe off and hit him in his forehead with her shoe. And he fell out. So the power of the shoe, power of the Holy spirit. Bro. The I think some crazy stuff, bro. Like yeah. when you're in Pentecostal, Circles. Oh, that you was very Pentecostal. Crazy, That's you see some crazy spiritual. And yeah, may, maybe they're just okay. A but here's where you're more open to that. And this is what I found is part of the problem is when you allow when you allow demons to manifest. What's the purpose of a manifestation? Is to either impress people or make people afraid. And there's simple ways to stop manifestations. Like, in the name of Jesus, you're not allowed to manifest. Hmm. And it works just like that. Yeah. Right? You don't have to yell it. You don't have to do the whole theater around allowing those things to happen in the first place causes fear (laughs) or, like, it was impressive that he threw someone. Well, yeah, of course. But do you have to say it like, Jesus? And no. And you don't have to say Pentecostal either. They're, they're very Pentecostal. Or if you say, you know, people always talk about the Shekinah glory, you know? Yeah. But the problem is the word in Hebrew is Shekinah. Which means It's glory. not Shekinah. And it means glory. So they've got the glory glory. It's the glory glory. You got the glory glory. Oh, Lord have mercy. It's mispronounced Hebrew. That means <laughs> the same word you're saying well, in English. Most people can't go... Shekhinah. Shekhinah. That was pretty See, good. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get, you gotta get it. Shekhinah glory. You got to get it in the back. It's always Southern too. Why is the, Pentecostal Southern? I, I like know, that you there, say Pentecostal. There, there are people that I think come from certain parts of yeah. the world that are more open to things spiritually Well, people too. ask me, like I go on these trips to Africa with Jewish Voice Ministries and in all kinds of things, miracles and stuff happen. And people have asked me, why do miracles not happen here? the same way like we've seen people tumors disappear like doctors checked yeah, there was a tumor tumor's gone um 
We've had people like one lady had a stroke and her vocal cords got messed up. She couldn't, no sound for 10 years. She started screaming when we were praying for her. And her daughter started crying because she was like, I'm not, I haven't heard my mom make a sound in 10 years. Like, so why doesn't it happen? Well, because in places in Africa, they don't question um, angels and demons, spirits the way we do. Our culture, Western culture, is that stuff's old and archaic and it's not real. And because it's not real, there's no interaction with it. Because if you interact with it, then you're just a weirdo who's into stuff that doesn't actually exist. Um, but in places where those things aren't a question, we see all kinds of miracles because I don't have to convince them whether demons or angels exist. Mm. They already have a relationship with spirits, but they were told by a witch doctor that they were being blessed. So they put this little red cord. Like we prayed for this guy. He had this little red um, bracelet and he couldn't hear in his right ear. We whispered, the lady who I was praying with him over whispered, couldn't hear anything in his right ear. And we said, where'd you get the bracelet? And he said, from a witch doctor, he prayed a blessing over my ears. Well, was it, could you hear before the blessing? <laughs> yes. And then the quote blessing. Took your hearing. Took your hearing away. So we said, look, it's actually kind of simple. You have to cut it off. Uh, we have a pair of scissors, but you cut the bracelet off yourself. And when you cut it off, you say, I break any vows that I made in receiving that blessing in the name of Jesus. And then we're going to pray for your ear. And he cut it off. He said that we prayed for him. And then she whispered in his ear, Jesus loves you. And he got this huge smile on his face. And he said, Jesus loves me. Right. So why does it happen there? Well, because we didn't have to convince him of anything. Um, it's a different culture and a different place. But within our culture, you know, we get more concerned with whether our kids are reading Harry Potter than whether they're afraid because they see shadows in their room. Yeah. And, you know, there's stuff in, I mean, what did it for me watching the Harry Potter movies was when they repair the glasses and he does a spell and says, Rapero. Like, that's not a real incantation. <laughs> stories are stories. And it bothers me when people are like, well, I don't let my kids read Harry Potter, but we sure love Lord of the Rings. Why do you love Lord of the Rings? Well, it was written by a Christian. But you know Gandalf is a wizard. What's the difference? Was well, a Christian wizard. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, there's a place for stories are stories. And stories, there's good things to stories and bad things to stories. You know, all the cultures that came before ours, stories are the way you got points across. It's how you taught children, um, you know, wisdom is through story. And we get ourselves all wrapped up in the wrong, I think, in the wrong. And I'm not, again, it's okay if people don't want to read those books and don't want their kids to read them. But, um, you know, I think we get, what, what we miss is that our kids are making vows because of fear that they feel when they're young. Uh, and those vows invite oppression that because demons function differently, look, demons have been around for thousands of years, right? They know culture, 
they work within culture, they change their methods. So in our culture, it's more like, remember the old cartoons where the, where there's the demon on one shoulder, mm -hmm. the little devil on the one shoulder and the angel yeah. on the other, and the devil's like, you should do it. And the angel's like, no, you shouldn't. You know, there's actually more truth to that than I think people would give credit. Um, there's all kinds of thoughts that we think are ours because in our heads, God and demons and us all sound the same internally. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's very few times where God actually speaks audibly. The Prince of Egypt cartoon did a cool thing where when he meets Val Kilmer's the voice of Moses, but he's also the voice of God. Hmm. Um, and I think there's some truth to like, it all sounds the same, but John tells us to test spirits. How do you test a spirit? Well, if something is telling you, if there's a thought that is contrary to what the scriptures say, we know it's not God because the Holy Spirit doesn't yeah. say things against the scripture. And if it's, you know, you're such a loser, you should die. But it's usually in the first person, right? Because they're smart enough to, if they're whispering yeah. a thought, <clears throat> they don't say you. Yeah. They say, That's really I true. should die. And we hear it in our head like we hear our own voice and we attribute it to ourselves um, when in fact it might just be oppression that was invited in for some reason and for something but we're so stuck on you know the the scarlet witch and the pentagram that she's sitting on in the new doctor strange movie that we miss all the ways that our families are actually being oppressed which are way more under the radar and are based on vows. You know, there's a story in the Torah, uh, not a story, but a commandment, when a father overhears his daughter making a vow, and the scriptures say that the father, if he hears her make a vow to God, he can cancel the vow as her father wow. in that moment. Um, and I think the part of the question is, um, you know, where the vow, people make weird vows when it comes to fear, when you're impressed by something or afraid of something. Yeah. Um, you know, I will never have friends again. Why? Because I had friends and they broke my heart and I'm never going to have friends again. Well, then you, why are you surprised you don't have any friends? Hmm. And it doesn't mean that ever, there's a demon under every rock. You know, we talked about those. Do you remember the Frank Peretti books? Oh, yeah. This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness. Yeah. Those and they're so good. Incredible. And I think they're actually pretty spot on for how I understand um, angels and demons. Um, I don't think demons oppress a room. Hmm. They oppress you and whatever room you're in. So the whole idea of anointing a room is over the top because it's not the room, it's the fear you felt that invited um, oppression into your life and it's dealing with what actually made you afraid. Mm -hmm. But we tell our kids like, there's no shadow, there's no way you saw that, just sleep with the lights on. You know, we come up with all kinds of, that's nonsense. Um, instead of teaching them to just pray a simple prayer. If whatever made me afraid, I'm, not afraid because of Yeshua, Jesus, and whatever oppression is trying to make me afraid, I rebuke it in the name of Yeshua.
and it has to go away. Hmm. You know, but we don't realize the level to which the vows we make because we're focused on the, you know, the exorcism of Emily Rose as if that's how demons function. Yeah. And we miss all the ways they're actually oppressing us, um, which are totally under the radar and more like whispers about who we are and how we view ourselves and how God views us. And um, it's much more simple than the ideas of that are wrapped around possession. I think my only pushback, all of that, amazing. I really like what you said about how they talk to us in first person. Yeah. I, that's like, wow, that, that makes a lot of sense, especially for a guy like I've had, you know, half a lifetime of suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Right? Like I've struggled with that. Like yeah. I've been medicated for it in the past. I am no longer. But... I would say the the only pushback from my perspective of everything that you just said is I wouldn't personally group Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings together and and simply for this. I am a firm believer that whatever spirit goes into something comes out of something. Whatever the intention of something that was created when it was created becomes the action that it fosters. So the intention of the lady who wrote Harry Potter was not the same as the intention of Tolkien. So Tolkien, being a believer when he wrote that, had an intention to describe something that was of a spiritual atmosphere through a way that maybe is positive. Now, I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. I didn't read the books. I watched the first movie. I thought it was too dang long. I haven't read Center. any. I haven't read any of the Harry Potter books. I haven't watched any of the movies. Mm. But but it's just to me because like Did if you I'm go on the rides a, of Universal Studio, if I nope, oh, if I'm going to read an 800 page book, it's not going to be about a boy with round. Well, it glasses. wasn't written for you. It was yeah, exactly. It's written for kids. So, but my point being, and it's the, like it's to me, it's the same thing as like. Christian music or non-Christian music, right? Like mm-hmm. I have a feeling when I listen to certain music, right? Yeah. Like if I listen to... But that's what we talked about in the episode. We talked about secular versus sacred, yeah. right? We that's The divide is still the same. It's not necessarily the thing that's the problem. It's being aware, having the discernment enough to know how you're responding to something. Right. And not condemning that thing for everyone who would ever read it as if, if they read something that you feel convicted not to read, that they're somehow sinners or worse than you are. I don't think that they're sinners, but I don't think – this is my personal – opinion. Yeah. We have never debated on this podcast. I Let's I would have a it. hard time I would have a hard time in I wouldn't I wouldn't even say endorsing. I don't think positivity can come out of negativity. I don't think when someone writes something, records something with a negative intention that yeah, positive but, results come out. But how do you of. know what their intention so is? So I wouldn't say this. Like I wouldn't say I'm just convicted about X, Y, or Z, right? Sure. So like, for, okay, so for me, like with a Stephen King book, I have read Stephen King and I have read Frank Peretti. Yeah. Frank Peretti's writing is way more graphic in the way that it describes <clears throat> demonic or spiritual things. Sure. And now I'm a, I'm a visual reader. When I read, it, it's like a movie in my head. So, so like I can read a book like, 
Children of the Corn by Stephen King. And it's not like there's like some demonic graphic blah, blah, blah. But but then I read Frank Peretti, and it is very graphic about the demonic side right. of things. But I don't feel spirit. the same. I don't feel the same heaviness when I read Frank Peretti as I do when I read Stephen King, because I think Stephen King's intention in that book is to make you feel something negative. It's to yeah, make fear. you feel fear, right? Sure. So. If God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, I don't want to ingest things that develop in me a spirit of fear. Now, again, yeah. self-admittedly, I lived my life l- like running from fear. And right. I lived my life, you know, with this memory of this, you know, I was a kid with this memory of this. But I, I don't think, I don't think so for me to say, uh, and and my kids didn't read the Harry Potter books, but of course my kids weren't going to read any book that was eight hundred pages, <laughs> right? So, although my daughter actually in seventh grade, my daughter get this, my daughter wrote a book report on the Hamilton book, yeah, and, and like read the book like yeah. seven hundred something pages, right? And and her teacher failed her on the book report. Because she said she didn't believe she read the book. Wow. I was like, dang. And my daughter, I'm telling you, if you ask my daughter anything about Alexander Hamilton right now, that girl knows everything about Hamilton and about the Titanic. There's two things. I'm more of a John Adams guy. So, and I can't even remember who wrote the book. But but point being that I I couldn't, in in my understanding of of things, I couldn't tell someone. I think you'd be fine if you if you read this or you watched that, knowing that there was something. Like I couldn't tell somebody, you're okay to listen to Rob Zombie, right? Right. And and I'm not suggesting. No, I am actually suggesting. I think the same spirit that mm-hmm. went into Rob Zombie recording Route 666, that song, you know, 1960. No. I know. I never. I never listened to that Satan music, bro. So. When I would listen. <laughs> If, when I would work out, I would listen to Rage Against the Machine because it would make me psychotic, bro. Yeah. And it was like – it would get me so jacked up. Like like I would go, I don't think anybody listens to Amy Grant before a football game. Like I don't think Friends Are Friends Forever by Mike, Michael W. Smith gets somebody ready to go out and give somebody a concussion. Friends are friends forever if the Lord's the Lord so of them. Go. There's a spirit. That comes out of that. So I would think the same spirit that goes into something like a Rob Zombie song is the same song, the same spirit that goes into somebody making a movie about demonic stuff or somebody who – like, bro, I watched Constantine and it wasn't a horror movie. Like the It was a dumb movie. But it scared me, bro. (laughs) That movie, it freaked me out. Yeah, but that's exactly what I'm saying is is based on your story – And the stuff like fear was an issue, more of an issue for you than I think others in the same way that sex could be an issue for somebody else because it's trauma that they can't handle sex scenes. Same way some people can't handle horror movies, but other people can because they don't, it's not the fear. The point is, the point I'm making to you is the cause is not the thing as much as how you interact with material that makes you afraid or impressed or takes you away from the glory of God to the glory of something else. 
Yeah, you know, I will say that uh, I haven't seen the new Doctor Strange movie, even though we yeah. we made it part of the title. Yeah. But but Sonny and Isaiah yeah. went to see it one weekend when I when I was out of town. Yeah. And Sonny said that it it opened up this massive dialogue. Yeah. Between her and Isaiah about spirits and demons and heaven and hell and Isaiah, it was it was crazy because Isaiah said to her. Uh, when he was describing what he thought hell was like, he said, I actually think hell is tiered. He's never read Dante, bro. That's what it's from. And it's literally though, like Dante's Inferno. I could understand had he read Inferno, but he's never read this book. Yeah, but it's prevalent in culture. In his mind, he's like, and so him and I now got to sit down uh, a few days later and we got to have this really interesting conversation about Dante's Inferno. The whole idea that Satan is in charge of the torture in hell is problematic from the Bible because in Revelation, Satan and the ones who follow Satan are thrown into the lake of fire first. Totally. They're prisoners, not torturers. (laughs) They're not the guards who run the prison. Yeah. They're in prison. I mean, however you feel about... You know, there's all different theories about hell. If but if eternal damnation, they are beings that are eternally damned. They're not yeah. the ones. You know, in all the Far Side comics, oh, when yeah. Satan's always like poking people with yeah. the. You know, and it it comes from Dante's Inferno, the idea that Satan is actually in charge of hell. Yeah, Satan's in charge of nothing. Right. He is thrown in as a prisoner. He's not the. Who's the guy that runs the prison? The he's, warden. He's not the warden. You could tell you've not done time. But that's he's, <laughs> he's not the warden. Yeah. Um, he's a prisoner. And the goal of the demonic, of demons, is to take more prisoners with them. Mm-hmm. So the goal of oppression is to pull people away from God. Why do they want to pull people away from God? Because Satan wanted the glory for himself and he was cast out to the earth. I mean, the, an interesting question, theological question is, and I used it on purpose, but why the hell did God send Satan here? Like that makes things a real bummer Yeah, for sure. us. Like why didn't he send him somewhere else? Why didn't he send him to Mars? To or, Mars. Yeah, like why did he send them to the that. earth? Yeah. Right. But there's all kinds of uh, like suffering and there's all kinds of things we have to work through uh-huh. as human beings to deal with our stuff. And, you know, like we've said in previous episodes, when you go back to the first time you were afraid and you deal with what that did to you and what that and how we're influenced by, you know, the problem with stories is there are stories like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, or whatever, Marvel Comics, whatever people are into that the authors of those stories influence your theology. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Instead of getting what you know about God from the Bible, yeah. we get it from all these extra um, sources. And something like Dante's Inferno had such a like, world impact oh, yeah. so early Still being felt. that that it just it, it affects... Uh, it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, do you know that oh movie, gosh, the Coen Brothers movie? movie. And, and and the the guy is, uh, makes a deal with the devil, and the two Pete and Delmer just got saved, and George Clooney's 
character is, uh, what, you know, what happened to you? He's like, oh, I just made a demo. I was there at the crossroads, make a deal with the devil. And he goes, oh, isn't that a coincidence? Pete and Dumber just got saved. Looks like I'm the only one that remains unaffiliated. <laughs> 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 Super funny. Um, but it affects the way we understand, you know, instead of reading the scriptures and understanding the scriptures for what they say, we read in all kinds of things from all yeah. these other places. Yeah, that we have our own internal dialogue that becomes dangerous. What's fasc fascinating when you go back as an adult and a believer, like I was a comic book guy and yeah. read them when I was a kid. Not like, not like some people. Yeah. I don't, me, I don't decorate my house in them now, but it's- Yeah, um, I decorate my office in them. I look at it now, and there are so many comic books when you look back now that are so, quote, I'm using air quotes, demonic. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable yeah. that you go, I don't, I don't, yeah, well, that's I, I didn't identify it then because I wasn't a believer, but I didn't identify how it was shaping yeah. the way I see things. Yeah. I mean, my dad had this theory when we were kids, we talked about you know, the whole alien with the big head and the big eyes. Um, you know, my dad was always like, I I think they are going to show up. The problem is they're not going to be aliens. They're just going to be demons and they're playing off of fear. Hmm. You know, and I think, you know, his like, he used to read comic books back in the day. And then, you know, he's like, I'm not sure I can get behind Thor because Thor's a god, you know. And it's like, okay. Like you can have She-Devil or? Well, I get I mean, I get the problem, you know, but if you understand the story, he's not actually a god. He's just been alive for 5,000 yeah. years. It's different. But, um, you know, but we, we make like judgments on those things instead of dealing with what's actually happening internally. Yeah. And it's much more subtle and much more simple. And people deal with all kinds of levels of oppression that they don't even know they're dealing with that they're being held back by because of fear um, or because of vows they made that they don't even realize they made that need to be broken. You know, if, if you had a tough relationship with your parents and you decide when you're a kid that you hate your mom and you don't even realize that that's like, but you say it all the time in conversation and yeah, yeah. kind of, I don't have a good relationship with her. I kind of hate her. Like, there, it doesn't mean it doesn't automatically mean there's a demonic oppression behind it, but and it doesn't mean that getting rid of the demonic oppression fixes everything. Yeah, because part of the problem with demonic oppression is if you have it for the majority of your life, even when it's dealt with and like cast out, there's your brain still left. functions mm. the way it's always functioned, and now you have to unlearn what you all you know you got to go over like wait a minute i probably shouldn't if the scripture says honor your father and mother but i made a decision because of abuse or because of you know bad relationship that i hate my parents mm -hmm. like this the script the commandment in the ten commandments is honor your father and mother and it'll go well with you in the land yeah you know so how do you honor somebody who mistreated you well on the simple base level, we honor our parents because no matter what kind of people they were, because without them, we wouldn't exist. Yeah, There's honor in that. Um, but people make determinations that then change their whole outlook on life because they feel like hating their mom is just normal. Right. 
or it's cool. And it has to be broken. The vow has to be broken in order for you to be the person you're actually designed to be. So tell them how to tell them how to deal with the oppression. But as we as we wrap this up, tell them up maybe something practical. I mean, you got to think of in terms of whether it's demonic or it's just you. The question with the difference between the Holy Spirit and any other voice Mm. is we need to know the scriptures well enough to know that when God wouldn't say something like that, it's as simple as if you often hear, I'm a loser or you're such a loser, but we know that's not from God Mm. because you were made in the image of God and he doesn't feel that way about you. Yeah. You know? If you start saying things like you have difficulty making friends and have had issues with, you know, friendships and it's like, I don't know, I don't think I'll ever have a good friend. Hmm. Well, that could also be a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah, and keep you from having friendships altogether. Um, And so you have to be able to understand those things and know when, I mean, for instance, I didn't know forever I thought it was a good thing that I was never embarrassed. Yeah. Um, But once I started to deal with, when I was a kid, I shut embarrassment off and I didn't even know it. But it's because I have ADHD and I don't think before I speak and I say embarrassing things and I figured out a way to make it funny. Yeah. Right? So if you're making people laugh, you can say embarrassing things, but I didn't know how I was actually embarrassing the people around me because I never actually felt it. Mm. So once I owned... Oh, wait, my counselor said to me, that's not good. <laughs> you should feel embarrassment. I was like, what do you mean? I thought it was like a superpower. Yeah. Um, and the more I've processed that, the more I'm finding myself embarrassed all the time by the things I say and do. Yeah. And I'm starting to go, oh, well, maybe I should stop those things. You know, but we make, there's all kinds of vows and determinations that we make that are just not in line with the scriptures or how God views us or how we're supposed to view ourselves. When people start saying things like, I hate the way I look, Mm. I'm ugly. Like, no, you can't be. Yeah. Because you were made in the image of God. Yeah. You may not fit the stereotypes of what people call beauty in this culture or in this time. Yeah. But that that is not how God views you. So, you know, it's pretty safe to rebuke it. Yeah. Because it's, it's not true. You're made in the image of God. You're beautiful. No, I like that. So we need to start while I was looking at you in the eyes. That was awkward. So we, (laughs) so we need to start paying attention to the dialogue that is being played in our mind, and anything that isn't positive and loving and kind and that doesn't build us up, we need to rebuke those thoughts and take those thoughts captive and well, part and part because some of the things that we would view as negative are correction. Not negative, right? Yeah, right? so but, it's not just positive. Yeah, it's what things would cause you to grow yeah. in your knowledge of who God made you to be. Yeah, but I'm so ugly him. that doesn't totally that doesn't cause us to grow. But right, you're a jerk. Sometimes that might. Well, that's probably true. Sometimes, yeah. So yeah, so stop it. Yeah. So if yeah. you're <laughs> if you're listening and you have struggled with your inner dialogue, struggled with the voices that you allow to determine who you are and what you do in the words of Rabbi Matt, stop it (laughs) and turn those thoughts over to Jesus. And because uh, you are wonderfully made.
And so if you heard anything on here that you liked, I'd love it if you'd share this, subscribe, tell your friends about it. But for this episode of A Pastor and a Rabbi Walk Into a Bar, Shalom. Shalom.